You're listening to the Realized Empath Podcast, where we get real about loving and stumbling through our sensitive lives with your host and holistic counselor, Kristen Schwartz, who helps redefine what's possible for an empath who embraces a path of self-healing. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Realized Empath Podcast your sanctuary where we embrace sensitivity and empowerment. Being highly sensitive means living in a world where your senses are dialed up to 11. Anybody else relate? Hands raised over here. It's about feeling the undercurrents in a room, right? Sensing the emotions of others as if they're your own and often being misunderstood by those who might not experience the world the same way. It's not just about emotional reactions. It's about how we process everything around us, from conversations and relationships to our environments. So let me share a bit of my personal experience. For years, I found myself constantly overwhelmed by my emotions. It felt like living in a storm where every gust of wind was a new feeling, every clap of thunder an overwhelming thought. I remember walking into rooms and feeling bombarded by the energy, every interaction leaving me exhausted. It wasn't just about being sensitive to what was happening around me. It was about feeling as if I had no filter, like no way to protect myself from the constant influx of emotional information. So learning how to navigate this world without feeling perpetually overwhelmed took time. It took understanding and it took me finding the right tools. And what I want to go over today is I want to explore these tools together. Whether you're looking to address a particular struggle or seek to understand your sensitivity better, I want this episode to just offer you some insight and guidance. So before we begin, let me just gently suggest how to use this episode. So in this episode, we're going to explore the top five common struggles that empaths and highly sensitive people face. And I'm going to be unveiling a five-day path of energy healing that's tailored just for you. So in this episode, it's going to have five segments that can be implemented over five days. So you can feel free to linger on a segment if, if a particular struggle resonates with you. But each segment or day we're going to explore is basically a new energy healing practice allowing for a gradual building of resilience and self-understanding. So this episode isn't just meant for a single listen. It's a resource you can return to whenever you need to, um, or whenever you need to navigate the intricacies of being a highly sensitive person. So having shared a glimpse of my own experience and how you can get the most of this episode, let's turn our attention to common challenges that many sensitive souls face. So the first one is that sense of being overwhelmed in crowded places. So this is where our heightened sensitivity can turn ordinary situations into a cascade of sensory and emotional overload. It's like every sound and emotion around you is amplified. 
This can feel like an invisible weight for an empath, making social events or even a simple grocery run draining. This struggle stems from our heightened sensitivity to external stimuli and the energies of those around us. A great energy healing practice to address being overwhelmed in crowded places is a stone balancing meditation. So stone balancing meditations um, are chosen for their grounding effects. So when we're overwhelmed, especially in crowded places, empaths can feel disconnected from their center, from our bodies, right? So this practice, what it does is it helps bring us back to a sense of stability and focus. How it helps us is balancing stones, whether they're physical or mental, right? Imagining stones requires us to concentrate and it requires calmness. And what that does is it redirects our focus from external chaos to internal peace. And it cultivates mindfulness and a sense of control over our environment or what we're feeling. The ancient practice actually involves physically balancing stones, which metaphorically help us find our inner peace, right? We're having to focus on those stones and the balance. And by focusing on the stones, we anchor ourselves in the present moment away from the overwhelming stimulus that's happening. Now, you might be asking yourselves, well, if I'm actually overwhelmed in a crowd, how is how am I going to access stones? Don't worry. Um, I have you covered there. What I want to go through now is actually give you an at-home practice Um, So a stone balancing meditation. And I'm also going to give you an option if you're in a crowd and you need immediate relief. So let's go through those two options. So if you're at home, what you want to do is you want to gather a few small stones or rocks. You can just get them outside in your yard or on your next walk. Um, They can be different sizes and shapes. And then you want to find a quiet, comfortable place in your home. And you want to sit in a comfortable position with the stones in front of you. And I want you to begin focusing on your breath and taking deep, slow breaths. And start to balance the stones one on top of the other. And you want to do this slowly and mindfully. And you want to pay attention to the sensation in your hands as you pick up the stones and place the stones. And if your mind wanders, I want you to just gently bring it back to the act of balancing the stones. And once your stone is stacked and once the stone is complete, I want you to take a few moments to observe it and continuing to breathe deeply. And then conclude the meditation by reflecting on the balance you've created and how you can carry this balance into your daily life. So then how can you implement a stone balancing meditation if you're actually in a crowd? So then what you would do is you can imagine you're holding a stone in each hand, and I want you to feel its weight and texture and temperature in your hand. And I want you to visualize yourself carefully balancing one stone on top of the other, focusing on this mental image. 
and centering your thoughts on the act of balancing. I want you to use your breath to aid you in the visualization. So each inhale and exhale can represent the gentle placement of one stone on top of the other. And if you feel your mind getting gently pulled into the surrounding chaos, I want you to gently just guide it back to the image of the stones and the sensation in your hands. What this does is the mental exercise actually creates a mental anchor for you, providing a sense of control and peace in your body amidst whatever is going on outside and around you. So here's another way you can implement it in a crowded place. I want you to find a focal point. And if you're feeling overwhelmed, just pause and find a point to focus on. It could be a stationary object or a specific spot on the ground. It doesn't really matter. Just hold your focus there and then breathe deeply. Start taking deep, controlled breaths. And with each inhale and exhale, I want you to mentally visualize the stones balancing and feeling the calmness it brings. And you want to notice the sensations in your hands as if you're holding and balancing the stones and feel the imaginary texture and weight. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome to the Alchemy of Natural Healing. I'm your host, Laurel Dewey. True healing is an alchemical process, meaning it must transform you on all levels, body, mind, and spirit. What affects one affects all three. True healing is one of the hardest journeys you'll ever travel, but it's one of the most rewarding and fulfilling when you get to meet yourself for the first time. If you're ready to take that journey, let's get started. And then you're centering yourself, right? So you keep your focus on this visualization and let the surrounding noise and movement fade into the background as you're finding your inner balance. And whenever you start to feel overwhelmed again, you just return to this visualization using your breath to guide you back to a state of calmness. So as we learn to balance the chaos of crowded places, Our next challenge often awaits in our emotional world. So let's gently shift our focus here. Emotional intensity can have its pluses as an empath or highly sensitive person, say like if you're being overcome by joy, right? We feel that to it to its extreme, but it also poses challenges. Of course, our emotional intensity allows us to have deep connections but can also lead to overwhelming reactions to everyday situations. This intensity happens due to impasse processing emotions on a deeper level, often absorbing the emotions of others. So to help manage this, what I want to explore is Tai Chi. So Tai Chi is an ancient martial arts, and you've probably heard of it. It's rooted in the philosophy of balance and flow, which teaches us to move with our emotions rather than against them. So by learning slow, deliberate movements of Tai Chi, we can gain control over our emotional responses. We want to be able to channel them, right? And in this, in Tai Chi, we're channeling them into a dance of self-expression or release. 
So the next time you feel like your emotions are getting the best of you and you're really feeling the intensity of your emotions, here is an at-home practice in Tai Chi that you can use. I want you to clear a space in your home so you can move freely. And then stand with your feet shoulder width apart and your knees slightly bent. And then we're going to begin with just a basic Tai Chi movement called waving hands in clouds. So you raise your arms to chest height, palms down, and then you shift your weight to your right leg and turn your waist to the right. And then let your arms follow, moving, you're moving like clouds. And then repeat on the left side, moving slowly and very fluidly. And I want you to focus on your breath, inhaling and exhaling deeply with each movement. And practice this for 10 to 15 minutes, keeping your movements gentle and mindful. It might be difficult for you to visualize waving hands in clouds. So if you want to do a quick internet search to get the visual, go ahead and do that. But practice this for 10 to 15 minutes and get in the habit of going to this practice anytime you're feeling overwhelmed by your emotions. Okay, so now that we found a way to dance with our emotions, let's step into personal boundaries, which is a crucial aspect for any empath or highly sensitive person. So struggling with boundaries is like living in a house with no doors, right? We're exposed, we're vulnerable, and setting boundaries can be tough for impasse because we're naturally attuned to others' needs and we often place them above our own. A lot of times, because we're attuned to other people's needs and we think we need to help them feel better so we can feel better, we're putting a lot more of our energy into other people's happiness than our own. And this can lead to burnout and a loss of self. So to strengthen our boundary setting skills, let's turn to yoga nidra. Yoga nidra is an ideal practice for setting boundaries because it fosters deep introspection and mental clarity. Setting boundaries is not just a physical action, but it's a mental and emotional one. And I seem to think it's more of a mental and emotional one. Yoga nidra follows um, guided imagery and relaxation, allowing us to visualize and reinforce our personal boundaries. So what this does is it translates into stronger emotional boundaries in our lives, in our real life, helping us assert our space and needs. So let's go through how we can use a yoga nidra to actually establish our personal boundaries. So what I want you to do is create a peaceful place in your home where you can go to and you won't be disturbed. And then once you find that place, I want you to lie down comfortably on your back and absolutely put a pillow under your knees um, that actually takes the pressure off your lower back and even under your head if you need to, find a blanket to keep you warm. And I want you to close your eyes and take deep breaths. And I want you to feel your body relax with each exhale. And begin the practice by mentally scanning your body part by part. Start at the top of your head and scan slowly down your head past your ears, past your nose, past your mouth. And then I want you to go down part by part, releasing tension 
wherever you find it. And once you're relaxed, I want you to envision a protective bubble around you. And that's going to symbolize your personal boundaries. And I want you to mentally affirm your right to these boundaries, acknowledging that they're essential for your well-being. And I want you to stay relaxed in this state for about 20 to 30 minutes, and then slowly bring your awareness back to the room. You can move your fingers and toes before opening your eyes. A couple things to note is when you are scanning, doing the body scan, it is very likely that your mind is going to maybe get you to the neck area and then your mind's going to wander. Come back to focus and start scanning again. And as you continually practice this, it will get easier to get down farther, right? And the goal is to get all the way down to the bottoms of your feet. Um, It may take some time to train the mind, but that's okay. You're not failing if your mind wanders. That's the whole point is noticing what our mind's doing and bringing it back into focus. So as we learn to protect our space and have those boundaries, Let's now explore how to cleanse our space from the energies that we inevitably will absorb. So absorbing emotions leaves us feeling like we're an emotional sponge. It's a common impasse struggle because we are so open and receptive and a lot of times don't have the energetic boundaries that we need. But how do we squeeze out these absorbed emotions? Um, One of the answers can be in sound healing. So sound healing is great for its ability to cleanse and rebalance our energy field. When we absorb external emotions, it can create emotional clutter. And what sound healing can do is it uses vibrational frequencies to clear that clutter. The resonance that's produced by sound healing creates a more therapeutic environment. And this practice can help us release, absorb emotions, bringing our emotional state back to an equilibrium. So using instruments like singing bowls or tuning forks, which I have in my nightstand next to my bed, um, sound healing works on the principle of resonance and vibration. So it's helping to clear and rebalance our energy fields. The sound waves act like basically a gentle auditory shower, washing away the emotions that aren't yours to carry. So how can you do this at home? You can find a quiet place where you can sit or lie down comfortably. And you can use any household item that can create a soothing sound, um, like a bell, or even a set of keys, or a glass filled with water, right, played with your fingertip. You can begin by focusing on your breath and taking deep, slow breaths, and then gently produce the sound and focus on its vibrations and its tones. And as you listen, I want you to imagine the sound waves are washing over you, clearing away all absorbed emotions, and then continue for about 10 to 15 minutes letting the sound guide you into a state of calm and emotional balance. Now, I give you the example of how to do it at home just with household items. So if you don't have the budget and you don't want to spend money, you you don't 
that's not an excuse, right? You can do it with anything you find around the house. But if you have the budget and you want to explore different methods of sound healing, um, tuning forts are great. Um, I got mine on Amazon. Um, also, singing bowls. You can get those um, at all different types of stores. Um, and they're fun. And you'll find that you enjoy different tones and different sounds resonate more with you and, and create a more like a, a better sense of calm. So explore, be curious and um, try out different things and see what works for you. So with our energies cleansed, um, our final step is understanding our need for solitude and how to make it a strength. So the need for alone time is often misunderstood. For impasse, it's not just a preference, it's essential. And I want to point something out here. Alone time is not isolation, right? A lot of times I will post on social media or I'll talk in my blog or during classes and I talk about the negative impact of isolation and how humans need connection. And a lot of times I will get pushback and people will fight back for their right to be isolated. And I'm not interested in fighting back, but isolation is not alone time. Alone time is self-care. Isolation is self-sabotage. Isolation is used when we don't have the tools and it's in desperation, but it's not a long-term plan. So solitude allows us to decompress and process the intense energy or stimuli or emotions that we encounter, right? So let's explore mindful walking. I love mindful walking because I feel like it's efficient and it makes the most of our time, especially if you're a busy person. So mindful walking is an effective practice for those who need alone time, like we all do. And it combines the benefit of gentle physical exercise with mindfulness. So this combination obviously is perfect for introspection and for recharging in solitude. So it helps by encouraging present moment awareness, which is a powerful tool for us because we need to disconnect sometimes from external stimuli and it reconnects us to our inner self. The rhythmic pattern of walking and breathing helps us achieve a more meditative state and offers reprieve from those external pressures. So how can we implement mindful walking at home? Let's say you live in the north and it's like minus 20. You can still do mindful walking indoors. Choose a path in your home where you can walk back and forth, such as a hallway, or a spacious room, or maybe you have a two-story and you can walk up and down the stairs. And I want you to start walking slowly, focusing on the sensation of each step as your foot touches the ground. And with each step, I want you to breathe in and out mindfully. So you're aligning your breath with your movement. And as you walk, I want you to keep your attention on the present moment letting go of any intrusive thoughts or worries, and then continue this practice for about 10 to 15 minutes, using this time to reconnect with yourself and your surroundings in a peaceful, solitary manner. I don't know about you, but if you're one of those people that sometimes worry what people will think, and you live with other people, and you're worried that they are going to be looking at you sideways when you're doing mindful walking indoors, just remember, prioritize your well-being over other people's opinions, okay? 
Now, if you live in a place where it's not minus 20 degrees, and obviously you can do your mindful walking outdoors, you can also do mindful walking on a treadmill. With our exploration of energy healing and the self-care practices complete, you might have some questions about navigating life as an empath or a highly sensitive person. So I want to address some common questions in like a frequently asked questions section where we can go a little bit deeper into understanding and embracing our unique sensitivities. Question number one would be, how can I tell if I'm absorbing someone else's emotions or if they're mine? My answer would be pay attention to sudden shifts in your mood or feelings that don't align with your current situation. It's often a sign you've picked up someone else's emotions. Like I remember years ago, I was cooking dinner and life was great. I had a peaceful day, no stressors really. It was just, it was a good day. Life was good. And all of a sudden I had this intense feeling of anxiety. And I remember saying out loud, why do I feel this way? That was, you know, how it, how did this feeling just come over me? That's an example of a sudden shift in mood or feeling that doesn't align with my current situation. Question number two, can energy healing practices work for non-empaths? Absolutely. While obviously I tailored these for empaths, these practices benefit anyone seeking balance and emotional well-being. Number three, is it normal for empaths to feel exhausted after social interactions? Yes, it's very common, especially if we don't have energetic boundaries. Social interactions can be particularly draining for us due to the constant processing of multiple energy streams. Is it a destination? Do we have to always be there where we feel exhausted after social interactions? No, we don't. It's just a matter of uh, starting to live life differently um, and implementing different tools and changing our lifestyle to suit our this trait of high sensitivity. So that brings us to the end of our time together. I want you to remember that your sensitivity is an asset. It allows you to experience the world in a rich, profound way. So I want you to use these practices as tools to help you navigate your beautiful yet sometimes challenging Uh, empathic ways. So until next time, keep embracing your sensitivity. And remember, you're not alone. There's a lot of us out here. And I am so glad that you joined me. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Realized Empath Podcast. Revisit past episodes or contact Kristen at realizedempath.com. Did you love this episode? Please share it with a friend. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, sensitive souls.